Praise the Lord. Well, hey, it's good to be with you today. The accent's a little bit different, so if you just close your eyes, if you get bored, just listen to the accent. I mean, it's the accent of heaven, by the way. It's the way God speaks. It's the way the Lord, com- it's the way the Lord communicates, oh, hi, and all that stuff. Um, but it's great to be with you this morning, and uh, always great to be in San Diego. It's the only chance I get to wear my short sleeve shirt. Um, so very, very thankful to be here and just love the fact that you're studying the life of Abraham. I found it to be a, a life-changing uh, series when I did it quite a while ago in our own church. And Robert said I can pick any chapter I want. And so I picked my favorite chapter, chapter 22. And in this chapter here, it's an amazing chapter of the Bible. It clearly reveals to us the doctrine of substitution where Jesus is a substitution uh, that God made for our sins. It gives us the veiled picture of the agony of Gethsemane, uh, also the, in the garden and, and the crucifixion and the resurrection um, um, of Jesus Christ. We see it here. Um, in a veiled picture where Abraham and his son Isaac are walking through a pathway um, and cutting covenant with the Lord that was, is so important for you and I to understand today. Romans 4 actually says to us that we're to walk in the, in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. And so we're going to try and do that today. We're going to take a little journey here. Um, A little overview of the chapter is um, we find relationship. God's all about relationship. Amen? And faith. We find faith, of course. Worship. Um, Very, very important. Fresh revelation from God and what He wants us to be and what He wants us to do. Renewed promises. It may be that you've got some promises that need to be renewed for you. And as you walk by faith, you begin to see God work and God move. And then the value of sacrifice. We don't like that too much at times, but there's a value in the sacrifices that we make for the Lord and what uh, God wants us to do in these days. So, We'll start at verse 1. We'll just run through the few verses here um, this morning. And um, in verse 1 it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And, you know, Abraham is now past his 100th birthday and God is still speaking to him. Now, I'm not 100 yet. Maybe I look like it, but I'm not 100 yet. But God is still speaking to us. Amen? And so we never get to retire in the kingdom of God. Oh, your enthusiasm overwhelms me. (laughs) But here we are. And, you know, I would call that faith challenges to whoever you are, no matter how old or how young you are. You know, as I love to say to young people, You can't live without me, and I can't live without you, because we're called to do it together, no matter what our age is, as we seek to move forward and move into the things of God. Now, I'm a prophet, so I know what some of you are thinking. How old is he? Well, I'm 73 years old, 
or I'm 73 years young, okay? And you're as old as you want to be. And so my faith is very, very young, let me assure you. Um, as we seek to move forward and do the things that God wants us to do. And, you know, what you find here in verse 2 is that, you know, and Genesis is the book of first mention. So there's some things here that's mentioned for the first time. And as one commentator said, you'll find the roots of every major doctrine in the Bible in the book of um, um, Genesis. And here we are in verse 2. It says here, Then God said to Abraham, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. That's the first mention of love in the Bible. And it's to do with family. Amen. And go to the go go to the land of Moriah and op, op, it's the way I say it. Moriah. I don't know how you say it, in, but that's how we say it in Scotland. Moriah and, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall tell you. And so here we are. We've got love and we've got the word go, and that's always what God wants us to do. Go in His love. Amen. And there's always a challenge of our faith when God asks us to go. Now, um, and there's always a sacrifice when he asks us, asks us to go and to do anything. Um, I was a successful fisherman. Um, I worked in the North Sea, not in these calm seas around here. I don't suppose you know anything about waves around here. But we know a lot about waves in the North Sea. It even knocks, has knocked over a few oil rigs in its time and uh, different things like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it was a sacrifice to let go, to let God take me on a 40-year journey, because it's 40 years this year since we started our church, 40 years last year um, since we, we went in, Yvonne and I, my wife, went into ministry together. And um, so there's always sacrifices along the way. And he keeps asking for more of you to fulfill more of his challenges and things that he wants you to do in your life. Are you ready to give him more. That's always what God is asking us for. You know, not again, Lord, yes, again, and again, and again, and again, as we seek to move forward and do what he's called us to do. Now, the first mention of love in the Bible there, it, it set me off this morning, and the Lord gave me this word uh, for you. And it's actually in Genesis chapter 24, so I want to share this prophetic word um, uh, with you, and it's about Rebecca. That's the second mention of love in the Bible. Now, in Genesis, Rebecca is a picture of the church and what the church, the Abraham servant that went to find Rebecca, you'll probably come to this later, she, he is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Of course, Abraham's a picture of the father, and Isaac is a picture of Jesus, the son. And it says, it says this in verse 60, um, and it's a prophetic word for this church, okay? Then Abraham blessed Rebekah, uh, uh, no, sorry, and they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands uh, of ten thousands. And may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. 
And then it says in verse 67, then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. Now, Sarah was dead at this time. So Rebecca is now the one carrying on what God meant for um, Abraham and Sarah. They are the continuation of history. There was a famous um, preacher called Bob, uh, he is still alive, Bob Mumford. And I remember, he's a Californian. And I remember when he shared one time about a message, it was called Pulling the King's Courage. And in that message, I only remember one thing, and it says this, never forget that you're the continuation of history. So it all depends on you and depends on me for what's going to happen to the to the gospel as we continue to move along. We have a responsibility, each and every one of us, to, t- to exercise our faith and do the things that God has called us to do. And um, this is the, what God said to me out of, the, when I read about uh, um, Rebecca going into the tent of um, um, Isaac, Isaac brought her into Sarah's tent, and, and it says she became his wife, and he loved her, the second mention of love. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So lots of people need comfort at the moment because of all that's been going on over the last two years right around the world, as we know, with this COVID thing and all the rest of it. And now what we see happening um, and, and the nations, and we need to see the comfort of God released more and more. And the Lord spoke this word to me for you. Don't lose the significance of the tent. Don't become weary in the tent. Don't look down on the tent. I'm releasing my love in this place like never before. I'm releasing hope into the tented people. I want you to know what is what it is to be a nomadic, a nomadic people, that you will not settle for second best. I want you always to be a people of faith. What is to come is far bigger than you know, and I will come through the manifestation of my love. Your days in the tent, I will heal relationships, Something you need to hear, I believe. I will heal relationships in the tent. I will heal you from your grief. I will heal families. This is a place of renewal of covenant. This is a place of coming back to me. This is to be a place of refreshing and recommitment. Yes, I will honor your faith. I will give you a place to dwell. And I want you to be known as a people who, ha- who continue to have a tent-like faith and will honor me as you keep moving on and believing. I never called you to settle, um, to settle in the spirit, but always have faith. It pleases me that your faith is strong as you continue to step into new adventures Continue to walk and continue to walk in what the Lord has called nomadic faith, because we always have to keep walking in faith, like a, a nomadic people. All peoples on the move, I will give you the gates of your enemies. It's the second time that's mentioned in the Bible. 
And the first mention of the gates of your enemies is in chapter 22. So um, there's the, there, there is a, the challenge of faith to be that kind of people in these days. The second thing is there's the test of faith. Who loves that one? We love to have our faith tested because God is committed to testing our faith. You know, the, the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle mentioned in the four Gospels. And in John's Gospel, Jesus particularly says, well, I think I'll test their faith today. You give them something to eat. And he does that with us. He'll test our faith to see how far we are willing to go. And, you know, faith, it's like you're going out there not knowing where you're going, but you're believing God. And that's what God wants us to do in these days. And when, it <coughs> when there seems to be so much against us as believers, um, we just have to continue on believing and knowing that God is for us and he's not against us. Amen? So that in the test of faith, in, in, in verse uh, 2, um, he, he says to, the, to, to Abraham, I want you to offer up your son Isaac on the mountain that I would tell you. And then there's the obedience of faith. Now, this is very interesting here in the Scripture. Um, the only way you're going to know um, is if you go. Oh, I like that, don't you? The only way you're going to know is if you go, is if you take the steps that God is telling you to take. There can be all sorts of circumstances and things trying to stop you doing what God wants you to do. But the only way you're going to know is if you go. If you're willing to step out, whether that's going to speak to your neighbor, change your job or whatever it is that he's calling you to do, the only way you'll know is if you step out and do it. And here we have it here in verse 3. It says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. Uh, that's what Jason's doing, isn't it? Um, and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and he rose and went to the place which God had told him. Now you'll notice in verse 2, it says, I want you to offer up Isaac in the place that I will show you. By the end of verse 3, God has already shown him the place. You know why? Because Abraham was proactive. He got up in the morning. He started to make preparation. And if God speaks to you, it's far better that you start doing something rather than sitting waiting for something to happen. Because God is looking for a people. We are called to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now, they call us Scotch people doer people, you know. Not, not because, um, because apparently we're all pretty doer in the face, you know. We're like some of you are looking at me today. <laughs> Maybe you're fascinated by the accent or something, but, you know. We're looking as though we're, well, they say that about Scottish people, look as though we're baptizing lemon juice sometimes. We're very <laughs> doer. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doers of the word of God. Those that will step out in faith and do what God's called them to do. Amen. There's a piece of land up the road there somewhere. Have you walked on it yet? Have you prayed on it yet? Well, that's the leader's job. No, it's for you to do it. And if you're believing God, if you're happy in the tent, you just need a Scottish winter in this tent, and that'll get you praying a little bit more. 
Amen. And we might get to that building a little bit quicker. Amen. You, I'm in short sleeve. I'm, I said to Yvonne before I left, I said, honey, I've worn my short sleeve shirt today. And she said, oh, come on. Uh, anyway, you know, we just need to be believing. Be those that are believing. You get so much sunshine, you just want to sit in it rather than go. And it's time to go and do what God has called you to do today. Amen? Now laugh at my jokes or I'll go home. Anyway, and so there is the, there, there is the obedience of faith and stepping out and what God says. Now, that might just be the littlest thing you're hearing, but if you don't move out on that, then you won't see what the next thing is that God has. So Abraham gets up in the morning, he's chopping wood, he's preparing his donkey, he's getting his young men, he's getting it all together, and in the midst of it, God speaks to him. You're looking for God to speak to you? Get up and do something then. Rise up and do what he's told you to do. If you take the next step, the Lord will meet you in it. As Smith Wigglesworth, that famous plumber from the northeast of England, and um, he, he said this, God will bypass 20,000 people to get to you if he sees faith working in your heart. Amen? And God wants to move through your life and my life. He really does. It excites God when we start to move in faith and we begin to see things open up and calling the things that are not as though they really are. And then we, what we find is we're Abraham's on faith's journey. He's on the place to the he's on the way to the place that God has shown him. Are you on the way to the place that God has shown you? Are you stepping out into that and declaring? You know, the language of faith is this. Thank you, Jesus. You've seen something. You've had a word. You're believing something. And you're stepping out in thanksgiving. Amen? But if you're, you know, say this with me. Grumble, grumble, grumble. That's what they did in the wilderness. That's why they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. But there's no grumpy people here. Amen. Is that yes or no? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's the obedience of faith. Stepping out in obedience to what God says. I remember as a good Presbyterian. That was 45 years ago. Um, I was sitting, the minister had just preached the gospel. We only ever broke bread twice a, week, twice a year. And, um, and I'm sitting there and I'm convicted because he's just preached the gospel. And, um, and I'm looking at the bread and the wine. And I said, well, Lord, if you can do anything with this life, you're welcome to it. I ate the bread and I drank the cup and, and that was it. I never thought any more about it. But then on my journey of faith, he, he challenged me about missions in a little church of 15 people at the time back in Scotland. And he said, I want you to be a mission, uh, sending, uh, send people to the nations and I'm sending you out first. Oh, thank you very much, Lord. <laughs> and he said, because I want you to know how to lay hands on people that are going forth so that you have some conviction in your own heart and know what it's about. So the Lord sent me to Mumbai, to Bombay, India. 
And it was, um, you know, just before the monsoon hit. 90 degrees heat, 90% humidity, you know. And it was real hot. And we're sitting there with a pastor right in the middle of a, a slum, the largest slum in Asia called Daravi. And um, if you've watched Slumdog Millionaire, I've been there and I used to do a lot of house groups and all that sort of stuff. Served the Lord there uh, over uh, uh, nearly 20 years, um, just on short-term mission. But uh, I wasn't going to stay there, would you? Yeah, anyway, but I'm going to send you out there. Maybe you got the call. Hallelujah. I'm going to enjoy myself today. I don't care about you. Uh, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So anyway, I'm in Daravi, you see, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm in this little church right in the center of the, the, the slum. And, um, you know, um, th this, this pastor's telling us about what happens in this slum area. And they say, listen, there's lots of murders go on here. And I'm thinking, Jesus, help me. First mission trip. I'd hardly ever been out of Scotland at a time. So, um, and then he says, he says, um, you know, if, you, if, they, if they murder you here, they bury you under the trash with the humidity and the heat and the stench of the, of the, of the trash around. He said, your very bones disappear. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm Scotty today, Lord. Beam me up. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. But you know what God did? He said, remember. Remember what you said. If I could do anything with this life, I was welcome to it. And I'm calling you to what it is that you promised and you said, the vow that you made, I'm calling you to it today. And I'm challenging you today. Have you ever made that vow? Listen, have you ever prayed this prayer? Lord, get me out of here and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Let me see a few hands. And the rest of you are liars then. Because most of us have prayed that prayer, haven't we? Amen. And, and listen, God comes calling on that prayer. He'll call you at one point. Didn't you say, as he knocks on the door, and if your heart's seeking for you to reach out and do something for him, the obedience of faith. And then, of course, verse 4, they're on the journey of faith together. It says in verse 4, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar off. He saw it from afar off as he journeyed along the road that God was calling him, him to. And um, the third day points to the resurrection, doesn't it? He was seeing Mount Moriah. He was, he was seeing something afar off. In other words, he was, he was the first one that was called the prophet in the Bible. He's looking down through the corridors of time and he can see the resurrection. He can see something happening because he was believing God. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, which he also received him in a figurative sense. Abraham was believing God for something that had never, ever happened before. 
And it may be that God's calling you and I to do things like that, something that's never been done before He's as we reach out. Maybe something that we personally have never done before, but he has an expectation in his heart that as you reach out in faith, that he will be able to answer the very things that you're asking him for. And I love verse 5 because verse 5 is the language of faith. And it says this, And Abraham, when he saw the place, and Abraham said to his young, young men, Stay here, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Oh, it gives me goosebumps because he had seen the resurrection. He had seen what and understood what he knew that God had said because he was remembering the things that God spoke about Isaac and he, was, he had already received them back in his faith um, from the dead. And he was believing God. So he says to his young men, the lad and I will be back. We will go yonder. The, the, the servants had no idea what Abraham was about to do to his son. And, um, and so he left the young man and, the don- and away he went um, with, um, with Isaac. And what we have the picture here of, it says in, 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 in verse 6, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. A picture of the cross being laid on the Son of God on our behalf. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. It's an amazing picture of what God does because God, when you start to move out in faith, he never lets you go alone. He's always there with you to help you to, to, to realize the very things he's asking you to do. You know, the thing is, God's limited himself to you and me because he loves you, because he wants to use you, because he wants you to, to know the excitement and the joy of walking with him and seeing things happen that maybe otherwise you would not see. We will worship and we will come back. You know, let me put it this way. We worship and he, Jesus, will come back for us. It's a little picture in there of what God is going to do. We sung that song. I thought, oh my goodness, they're taking us to heaven today. I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm too young. Now, and, and, and then I, I heard the rest of the song. So they went together. Pictures the father and the son. Pictures the cross. The father laying the burden on Jesus. Your burden and my burden. The burden of our sin so that we would be set free. And then we have the declaration of faith. And here's the story here as Abraham walks with Isaac. It says in verse 7, But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, Father, my father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And here's the language of faith speaking. And Abraham said to his son, God will provide for himself 
the lamb for the burnt offering. And so the two of them went together. Second time is mentioned, two of them went together. You see, you do not walk alone because God is always walking with us and his provision will be seen. I love your confession of Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Amen. I'm going to be blessed in the country, blessed in the town, blessed in the city because God wants to bless. Oh, your excitement really does overwhelm me. Oh, my goodness. I would would get more out of a doer Scotsman than I'm getting out of you today. It's a declaration of your faith. What are you declaring for? What are you asking for? I always remember when we didn't have a building, a friend of mine, he, I, I kept asking him, a pastor, I says, how, how you believe God for a building? He said, well, I ask it to come into the realm of my imagination. I said, well, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. So we continue to do things like that and begin to declare the end result before we ever saw it, you know? And as we believe God, we're going to see the Lord move. Um, And that's why you're going to have a building up the road, because you're all going to go there and pray for it. Calling the things that are not as though they really are. Amen? Maybe it takes a couple of hundred people to get up there and begin to call heaven down. So we'll get volunteers at the end. God will provide for himself a lamb. You see, John chapter 1, verse 29, we see the fulfillment of Abraham's word there in chapter 22. It's talking about John the Baptist. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It took a long time for that one to work through because there was a few things to happen in life. But Abraham saw it. He saw what he was looking for, and he, was, he kept journeying on with God, knowing that God was a God of faithfulness. But you see, Abraham didn't get a lamb, and what Abraham, what Abraham got was a ram stuck in the thicket. And why didn't he get a lamb? Because that's what he said because it wasn't time for the Lamb. The Lamb of God was to come at a later time. There had to be a few things that would happen in the midst um, before we would see that happen. And God is seeking to move in you and in me as we walk together to see the fulfillment of his word um, in these days. It says uh, here in verse seven, uh, verse eight, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. And so they went together and they came to the place which God had told them. It's all gonna work out in the end. He knows what he's doing. He wants you to have his peace today in the midst of where you are in your faith where you are in your relationships, where you are in your friendships, where you are in your walk of faith with God, because it's all going to work in. You know, faith works in the realm of the impossible. 
And if it's look, if you're looking for the impossible, you've got to look for the impossible. I always say that's one of four words that God loves, impossible. Because he knows that's when he gets all the glory, when it's impossible for you and me. And then he gets all the glory. You know, yesterday we were praying about students going to the mission field. And I think they need about two or $3,000 a piece. I said, add it all up. Because two or 3000 that's not impossible. Because a few of you can just sign the check. I want it to be bigger than any check you could sign in the room. And so we came to 380000 I think it was, for all the mission trips from, from, from this church. So we, we're looking for the impossible number. We're looking for a few new cars as well, some impossible things to happen. Amen? We're looking for God to move. Um, now, if you can give me the 380,000, you'll just take a little sweat off some of these students' brows, but we're believing for the impossible. Say impossible. Because God's looking for the impossible element in your life and my life so that we can give him all the glory. The reason why he makes it impossible is so that you would glorify him and he would be glorified through the things that he wants to do in your life and in my life. Amen? Because he's a God of faithfulness. I always remember listening to a class um, on, on church history. And there was a guy called Roger Foster who used to be the leader of a big movement of house churches in South London called Ichthus. And he, as he was teaching, he was teaching on Abraham. And as Abraham took Isaac, now Isaac wasn't a little baby when he was sacrificed. They reckon he was between 13 and maybe 18 years old. How Abraham managed to bind up his son, he was over 100 years old. Could you imagine even the picture of what was happening? What are you doing, Dad? Well, son, I just got to tie you up and put you on top of this pyre on top of this fire here, this, this sacri- and, and then I'm going to set it alight and maybe just see what happens, you know. Um, and so here, here's Isaac, wide-eyed, looking at his dad, and Al's, Roger Forster said this, as Abraham lifted the knife above the heaving breast of his son, Abraham, Abraham. You see, when you're walking by faith, you've always got to keep listening. You've always got to keep listening because it might be that God will take you to the edge of sacrifice and then somehow he changes his mind. You brought me all this distance, Lord. You brought me to Moldova and then you're telling me to go to Mexico. How, would you, how do you do that, Lord? You know, he's the God of the impossible because he's always going to test your faith before he gets you into that position that he's calling you to be in. And we have to be those that walk in the footsteps of our father Abraham. Do, how much time have I left, Kendall? Ten minutes, my goodness. Somebody likes my accent. They said forever. Anyway. <laughs> it's about believing God in the season that we are in. It's been a very difficult two years. I mean, I've been sitting in Scotland for two years. You could have, I mean, I'm a number eight, you know. We don't sit around. We've got to keep going. Amen? And, and, and things need to happen, but we could do nothing but sit there 
They, they allowed us to go to the grocery store, you know, and, and go out for a walk every day. So we went to the grocery store every day and we went for a walk every day. You know, just, it was crazy stuff. You, got, you guys don't understand that. But anyway, you know, um, at, and we had to wear masks that, that, you know, this is the decade of the mouth, according to the Hebrew calendar. And what was the first thing they did to us at the start of the year as churches? They gagged us. They gagged us. Don't sing, they said. <laughs> That's what you think. Anyway, we, of course we're going to sing. Of course we we're going to keep believing because the thing is, if the world can stop the church being who she is and stop us from walking by faith, because the world doesn't understand your faith. It doesn't understand who you are and what God has called you to. But the thing is, the world seems to have got into the church more and more and more. And we need to walk by faith and get the world off our back. To be the people that he's called us to be. Amen. And to do the things that he's called us to do. So he's looking for the impossible in your life and my life as we continue to walk with him. Final thing here is the reward of faith. Because faith has rewards. Another Californian preacher, um, 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 I forgot his, his last name was Hicks. He died in a plane crash a lot, many years ago. A real man of faith he was too. And anyway, he said this, he said, listen, not all the rewards that are promised to you are, in, are for heaven. There's rewards that you need to receive on this earth. Amen? And we need to be, we, we need to be believing in a, in a God who is the rewarder of our faith. Because he, faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can put away as many chairs as you want or do whatever, you know, you can serve God a thousand different ways, but if you're not doing it by faith, it's not pleasing God. And so when you come, you come by faith and believing that he is the rewarder of what he wants to do in and through your life. He named the place. He named it, didn't he? In verse 14, it says, and Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. And as it, said, as it is said to this day, the mount of the Lord, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The, Abra the, the angel calls Abraham, Abraham. Didn't let him kill his son because it wasn't time for the son of God to die. But he was looking for a man who would step out in faith for him. He was looking for someone that would take up the challenge and live according to what God uh, wanted him to do. Abraham wasn't perfect. He was a bit of a liar here and there, and he did some things that weren't just so great. But God saw that he was a man after his own heart. And he called them for his purp that, that purpose. And he's looking for you and me to be men and women who are after his heart and seeking to do what he's called us to do. Um, because 
This is, a, th- th- this is an amazing time to live. There's so much things that God wants to do. You know, we can look at Ukraine, we can look at so many other things that are happening around the world, but there's never been such an amazing time for the church to rise up and take her place. The only way you can rise up is if you rise up in faith and you begin to believe. Now listen to the prophetic word that we said. In this tent is a place where the love of God is going to be manifest more than ever before. It's going to be a place of healing. It's going to be a place of restoration of relationships. And I'm particularly homing in on that this morning because um, I believe that God wants to touch hearts today. He wants us to be not just have a faith, but to have believing faith that we would be that nomadic people. Here you are in a tent, a nomadic people, and your faith will be nomadic in the, and not, not automatic, but nomadic in the sense that you're keeping moving on and you're keeping doing what the Lord has told you to do. You're not going to give up. You're going to keep pressing forward and keep pressing in because we're going to reach the goals that he set for us. It's a new day in this movement. Amen. I'm with that. I'm with that lady. Amen. Amen. It's a new day and what God has called us to. I always remember a preacher coming to my church and saying, well, you're going to follow that guy. He's going to lead you into some trouble. <laughs> you're going to follow that guy. He's going to lead us into some trouble, you know. And that's, that's the thing. It's not a case of, it's not just trouble, but it, it's, it's reaching out for the more that God has for us. These are exciting days. Don't give up on your faith, but allow God to work faith into your heart in such a way that you're taking fresh steps. As someone once said, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Allow God to stir your heart as you reach out to him for the more that he has for you in these days. So let's pray.